and thank you for joining me for the Vampire Talk Show. I'm your host, Valaine. Bow to my friends. My roommate discovered my coffin under the concrete floor of the basement in her new house and woke me up from a hundred year nap. Now I'm reconnecting with old friends, making new ones, and of course, making a podcast. I cannot wait for you to meet my guest tonight, because I am equally intrigued by what he has to bring in. But first, I have a bone to pick with you, dear listeners. I am concerned about the lack of pride in one's appearance these days. I went out to dinner with a couple of human friends last night, and we all had our glad rags on. I, of course, didn't eat any human food, but I glammed and bagged a nice-looking server in the ladies' restroom and was able to get a nice full wine glass of blood. I wore a nice dress, but not too fancy. A pair of heels, a pair of gloves, and had hair and makeup done. The restaurant was a beautiful little place, also reasonably prized. It wasn't the Ritz or the Four Seasons or anything. We sat at our table in a dark corner, which is best for myself and my less-than-savory human companions, chinning, when a couple arrived and sat in my line of view. The lady in leggings and a t-shirt. The gentleman in a hockey sweater and jeans. I couldn't believe my eyes. What kind of world is this when one cannot take pleasure in dressing up to go out? I pondered this while sipping on my own egg and reviewed my experiences over the last few months of living with a human. Some humans have an abundance of food sources. There's fast food, quick food, to-go food, food delivery, and restaurants for miles and miles. It seems humans are incredibly resistant to cooking at least in my limited experience with today's humans. Going to a restaurant with your significant other or a group of friends is no longer an outing, but simply another night. I suppose in this age of convenience, the specialness of ingesting a meal starts to lack its luster when you can have any manner of delicious restaurant food delivered to your door in 30 minutes. Perhaps people are getting so used to sucking down fettuccine alfredo in their skivvies that they now insist to do so in public. Well, now, I think that's enough privileged talk for one evening. Let's see who our guest is. Tonight's guest is a bit unconventional. Um, he dragged all manner of weird, um cages and uh terrariums in here and um i uh, my interest is piqued i must say his name is spencer hawkins and i have a note here that you're a necromancer as well welcome to the show <laughs> hey there thanks thanks for having me uh yeah yeah uh no necromancer perhaps colloquially but uh i probably say him more specifically, a bit of a corpse reanimator. The uh, you know people think about necromancers. I, I don't I don't look in the future for any kind of thing in in the bones there. Just uh, just reanimating corpses. But I tell you, there's some buttes. There's some buttes out there that I've been able to make. They're gorgeous, and I brought some today to show you. But uh, but yeah, whenever you're ready, we can spring them on you. Oh my goodness. Well, first, um, uh, uh, 
Am I in any danger from the things that you've brought? Well, I guess it depends on if you're afraid of certain things. <laughs> okay. Well, to be uh, to be perfectly honest, and I do feel a bit of a bludger since you're just talking about people dressing up to go out, and I'm sitting here with my Carlton Giraffe trucker hat. But the uh, I do have uh, I did bring a particular animal there for you that uh, I thought you perhaps could appreciate of being who you are as a vampire. Oh. Interesting. Well, uh, first of all, I would love some background. Um, where did you learn to necromance? Well, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't say I learned as I sort of accidentally stumbled upon it. I was out uh, just up in the Northern Territories camping out in the desert and uh, hanging around Ears Rock, uh, also known as Uluru. It's a big old beautiful red rock out there in the middle of nowhere and it's uh, I was walking along and uh, collecting rocks like I like to do and uh, found myself these two strange little kind of cubes, best way to describe them. And uh, so I found these two cubes. They're two red cubes, perfectly cut. I don't know where they came from. And I click them together and I kind of saw a spark. It was wild. And uh, for some reason, I was just had downloaded some sort of knowledge into my head and essentially said, use me on bones. And I thought that was kind of a strange thing because I stopped listening to voices years ago, but uh, I started using it to click some bones together between them. And then when I clicked them at the end, suddenly everything connected, all the bones connected. And there was like a weird translucent fog surrounding them. And it took a form of the bones. So, to be perfectly honest, you know, it's hard to get some bones out there. So I was just using food and I had, uh, I had, had me fish and, uh, I did it to the fish bones and suddenly the fish started flopping. Oh and my it goodness. Wild. It was amazing. But the problem was it wasn't in water. I had, uh, brought it with me. Didn't, you know, exactly keep it in the pond when I animated it and it, it died pretty quickly. Uh, Oh, so, so as a necromancer, um, so you can bring things to life, but they can still die. Yeah, apparently they're still susceptible to whatever, you know, could get them in life, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, so they're uh, living and not undead. Because, see, I am undead. I can't die unless, you know, stake in the heart, that sort of thing. But um, the things that you reanimate are actually alive. Well, in the sense of the term that they're moving around and they look like they're thinking for themselves. I mean, I guess to the extent of fish cane. But uh, this one didn't do it for that long. I watched this ghostly image flop around for a bit, bit of a minute. And it kind of stopped. And uh, I was a bit sad, but uh, I guess I learned a lesson there. So, uh, but I moved on. I started doing chicken bones. And uh, the, the, the problem is, though, if you don't have all the bones or most of the bones and you mm -hmm. animate them, it's kind of strange. Like, I did it accidentally once with just the single leg of a lizard. And mm -hmm. uh, I just had a lizard leg walking around. It was a ghost of a lizard leg, essentially. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've learned to make sure I got most of the skeleton when I do it. Excellent. Um, by the way, I love your accent. Uh, you're from Australia, I take it? Did I am born and raised in Melbourne. Oh, fantastic. Um, so... Uh, what 
have you brought today? I am very curious because when you wheeled in that giant cage um, with blanket over it, um, I will say I was a little nervous. And so was my producer, Ali, because this studio is not super big. So I understand you, Miss Givens, but uh, no worries here. Let me, uh, let me just go back and get this. Get it. Let me get this. Yep. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So f first of all, I'm bringing you here. This is just this little terrarium here. I know it's kind of hard to see. This is just more to kind of contain this bugger. But uh, if you look here, mm -hmm. reach in and take them out. And what you see here, this is... Oh, my goodness. A, it's a frog. Yeah. You know what, a, you know, you've seen frogs. This one is a ripper. This one, his name is Benefer, after my favorite celebrity couple. And... Uh, this little guy who just jumps around, and as you can see, he's here. Good luck. Yes. Oh, 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 oh! Don't, don't. Now come back here. Stay away from those. Yes. Uh, those might be blood. I don't. I don't. I'm yeah, not really um, sure what, what blood will do with these uh, things here, but uh, oh, yes, you can see he's just kind of hopping around, and uh, but he's he's doing good. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. He's just. Whew, he's hopping all over the place. Um. Uh, so, when you reanimate something like a frog. Do they still eat? Does this frog crave flies like it did when it was alive before? It's kind of strange. You see, it's because they are alive. I think they have the same instincts. So they keep trying to do the same things. But this little bugger, he'll, he'll snap his little tongue out there and then uh, the fly will just fly right by. It's, mm. it's kind of sad, but he doesn't seem to notice and he still chews like he got it. So maybe perhaps there's some sort of weird thing where he can like grab the soul of the fly or something like that and there's no one on that. How long um, has this frog been dead before you reanimated him? To be perfectly honest, not really sure. I uh, found it flattened in a roadway. And, oh, uh, that's why he's so rough looking, I'm sorry to say, but... I did try to bug... kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, it's luckily he's mostly a bit translucent, but... Uh, yeah, I fully admit he is not as symmetrical as you might see a frog to be. Um, his logs are, legs are a bit scrawny, um, so, but I don't know what his life was like before he was squashed. But uh, I know he's got a better life now that he is uh, hopping around and uh, does not technically need to be fed or watered. But I treat him as a regular frog because uh, Benefer is a good boy. <laughs> Benefer, yes. Um... I am up on celebrity uh, gossip there, but Benefer happened many, many years ago, correct? Benefer's happening again. Did you oh, know that? Oh, I haven't gotten that again. far. I haven't gotten that far in pop culture history. So I guess where I am, Benefer 1.0 is happening. I haven't gotten to the 2.0, um, but I'm happy to hear. That being said, though, let me give you a bit of the John Doerr. You see... I understand everyone expects me as an Australian to be there for Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. I mean, me too. You know, that that might the people from my home country. But you see, there's no good name for them. How do you put their names together? Is it is it Kerbin? Is it is it Nikith Herb Herbman? Kerbin uh -oh. sounds like some sort of uh, euphemism for. Uh... A tryst in the middle of the night where you're not supposed to meet up with someone, but you do. We went curbing, just sitting on the curb, you know, that sort of thing. Um, interesting. Uh, so, when you reanimate these animals, 
Yeah. Where do you keep them? First of all, the biggest thing I've done is a turkey. And uh, they, they're not very good jumpers, much less flyers. So I just keep a nice four-foot fence around and it stays in there. Everything else is smaller. I'm kind of nervous about trying to reanimate something bigger, more complicated, if you know what I mean. So yes, like a kangaroo would be just harrowing. I, I, I could not even imagine. I, I've sort of committed to not animate anything that could beat the crap out of me. That's a good rule to have. Yes, that's very smart of you. And, uh, you know, as you can see here, I'm a, I'm a bit on the scrawnier side. So that, that is not just humans and larger animals like kangaroos, but it does include things like probably dingoes and maybe some very large quarkers. Uh, obviously crocodiles. Uh, what? Did, so the largest thing you've animated was a turkey? It was a turkey, yeah. Okay. Um... Well, could we maybe take a look at what's under the bigger cage? Oh, of course, yeah. Let me get. I'm I'm very in interested. Get the front there in the cage. All right, there, Benson. You hang back there. We'll get you. Let me put you over here. Oh, ah, oh my goodness. Sorry. Ah, oh, I'm so sorry, Ali. No, no, Doc. The frog just went right into her lap. Yes. Okay. Well, it's okay. What you can do here is just, uh, yeah, just get him in the corner, and if you move your fingertip around, like it looks like a fly, when he tries to leap at it, you can just kind of grab him there and just stick him in. Hey, yeah, you go. Ah. Ah. Okay, so what I've got here, right, I'm ready to take off the blanket here, reveal what I got. Okay. All right. What you see there is a little forest bat. Hmm. And I thought perhaps you would like to see a bat, given that you're a vampire. And uh, my presumption, of course, about your mythology is that you do, in fact, turn into one. I do. I do. And, and good for you for knowing your vampire mythology and history. And yes, I do love to hang out with actual bats occasionally while I'm in bat form. Um, not great uh, conversationalists, but um, they are good company and they tend to share their, their uh, blood with me, their insect kills and whatnot. So they're all a very sweet uh, species. Well, this one, she's a, this is Victoria here. She's a beaut. She's a, a bit more of a regular bat, uh, to be perfectly honest. So I don't have any kind of expectations you have with some of your bat friends. But don't, here, if you can, yeah, put your arm out there like that. Yeah, uh -huh. just keep it up, straight up vertical. Okay, and she's gonna, yeah, yeah she's, okay, she's gonna oh. hang on. She's, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Just hanging the episode down. Look at that. How, hello, darling. She's gorgeous. Look at her. Hello, darling. Oh, she's so lovely. Victoria, you're gorgeous, girl. Oh, yes. Oh, look at those little eyes. Oh, so cute. How did how did Victoria meet her demise before you reanimated her? Well, they have an exhibit at the Amabon Zoo, and uh, they keep all bets there. And uh, kind of have a friend who just uh, let them know if any kind of the small little critters are going to uh, expire soon. Let me know, and uh, I'll mosey on over, and I can just pick them up. Oh, that's awfully sweet. Victoria, very nice name. Is uh, is she named after anyone? Well, she is named after the territory that 
Melbourne's Inn, which is named after the queen that uh, did some things to our country. <laughs> That's all I've said about that. Oh, well, Victoria is lovely. Yeah, I, I do appreciate your art. I appreciate the things that you have done with it. Um, I have a, I have a question though. Yeah. Why? Why reanimate things that are already dead, and that will die again eventually? Well, I guess my my thought is that, you know, sometimes things die before we can fully appreciate them, and sometimes people uh, don't really take care of things, and things die faster than we can save them. And to me, this is kind of a way where we have an endangered species. Perhaps one way we can get around that is reanimating some of them. Do you have a favorite animal that you've reanimated? Well, most of the stuff I've reanimated is food, because that's the easiest thing to get. Find the bones, wherever. But uh, I would say something perhaps maybe like a crab. It's pretty cool. I like, I like reanimating crabs, because there's not much to them. Because, like I said, if you don't have all the bones and don't have all the pieces there, you know, if you're a few stubby short of a six-pack, you, you get a kind of strange creature that reanimates. And uh, But crabs are pretty easy to do, and they're fun to kind of run around and run in sideways and everything, and they, uh, they like to scare the turkey. <laughs> um, what is your, like, dream animal to reanimate someday? Wow, this is a good question. Well, I think it would be really interesting to be able to figure out how to reanimate, one, things that don't have bones or any kind of cartilage. Like an octopus? Octopus would be amazing, but I have to make sure to do it in the water. Mm, yes, not like uh, your first uh, go at that, necromancy. That Chilean sea bass did not do well. That was, that was pretty rough. It was flopping in the sand there. It was very sad. No, no water in sight. Oh, that's such a shame. Yes, uh, a waste of necromancy. Yeah, an octopus would be good, but uh, maybe like a shark. Shark would be pretty good. A shark? Oh, that would be so scary to see a sh to see a shark is already scary enough. Why make one that has died and then come back again? I mean, I, I've not really thought that far. I just figured a translucent shark swimming in the water would be pretty cool. Translucent. Well, as you can as you can see here on Benefer and uh, on Victoria, I mean, they aren't, uh, you know, there's just more of a bit of a fog around them. They've got the vague shape of what they are, and you can kind of see details, but uh, they aren't perfectly solid. You can see through them a bit, and uh, here, look, if you you put up, here you go, you see, yeah. you put up Victoria up to the light, you can see light coming right through her. Oh, so they're more like, almost like solid ghosts? <laughs> probably a good way to putting it but uh the way i just think about it they're just they're my little critters and uh i love them very much oh that's so cute so you name all of your animals that you reanimate well only the ones that live long enough to to earn a name from me some of them don't do too well because i i don't know much about the animal by the time i animate it and i don't know what it needs i did try a cow once that was pretty sad it, I didn't have the whole back end of it. It was just kind of dragging itself around for a couple of hours and then just disappeared. That is so sad. <laughs> that is 
very sad. I, I mean, he was that... happy. He was he was doing his loud moo and wandering around trying to eat some grass. But have you ever oh. seen a cow dragon ass? <laughs> My poor producer is turning green. She's a vegetarian, so. <laughs> oh, she's not showing any bobbies, is she? <laughs> no, <laughs> not unless you have vegetables. Um, We've got Vegemite. Vegemite. Please tell me, like, what is the appeal of Vegemite? Well, it tastes pretty good. You know, a sandwich, just kind of on the side, however you want to eat it. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, what my mom told me was that don't ask what it is, just enjoy it. And I said, okay, mama, we'll do. Hmm. So your necromancy came from uh, a couple of cubes you yeah. said, that you found in the outback. Yeah, I got them here. Let me find them. Here we go. Yes, I see here the two rocks. And as you can see, they're not, you know, not much bigger than a golf ball each, mm -hmm. but uh, the cubes. And you just click them together. And like, you know, I don't know if, uh, do you, do you have any bones around here? Oh, um, I don't believe so, um, because I don't eat human food and Ali is a vegetarian. Um, there is a, a cricket carcass in the corner. Let me try, let me go over there. Yeah. Poor oh. little cricket. Right, I did not see. kill it because that is bad luck, but it well, did Well, I, I do see it is missing one of its back legs. Was this on account of the cats I saw in the studio earlier? Yes. Um, the cats here uh, do fancy themselves um, hunters of crickets, and they love to torture them by ripping their legs off. Um, yes. Cruel well, little buggers. Let's see what we can do here. All right. So this cricket is a bit smaller than the rocks, so I'm going to have to be a bit gentle as I pick it up here. So I'm going to click them together. All right, and I'll pick them up. And click them together with that. All right. And then I'll put the cricket down. And then click them again. Oh, there you go. See? Oh. There's a little, the little oh. bit of smoke there. There's a little cricket jumping around there. Yes. He's a good one. Oh, yes. Look at Look him. He's so lively. Wow. So fascinating. I... Oh, wait. Oh, oh. He's... Well, I'm sorry. I don't know where he went there. He looks like he just jumped off and uh, he got he got some dark corners in this uh, studio here. So, but yes. uh, you'll, you'll probably find him around. Yes, I'm sure he'll be around and, and that's fine by me. So, do you travel around with your animals and show them off in different places? I've been trying to do it for a while, but. Uh... Not many shows are interested in having on a necromancer mm -hmm. or, or a corpse reanimator, as my business card says. But uh, have you ever tried to necromance a human? No. Would too, you? Too too big for me. Um, well, I what mean, if you did like someone who was small, not a child, but like someone who you said you would not reanimate anything that could. Uh, quote, kick your ass. Um, but it's a bit of self-preservation. Yes. Um, but what if you found, you know, a human or 
human bones. Uh, like if I came upon a big pile of human bones. Yes. I mean, I'd probably call the police, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I might ask if the when they're done with it, if I could have it. But I, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's legal or if that's uh, looked down upon in society. But uh, I've not been much in society, clearly, since I'm raising insects and small animals from the dead. <laughs> I don't mean to sound so sad about that, but that's just my life. Um, so, I mean, if... I love, I love you, Benefer. <laughs> Given if you had the means and the opportunity to reanimate a human, would you? Probably need to get some signed consent. Mm, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, how Though if I could make the case that I'm, you know, science, they donate their body to science, and I could say, well, I'm science, kinda. So is necromancy a science? I feel that it's more of an art, personally. Someone much smarter than me once said that, you know, magic and this stuff, this kind of spooky kind of stuff, is basically just science we haven't figured out yet. So it looks like magic now, but you know, maybe hundred years from now, this will be the norm, and you know, living forever, and nothing ever goes in danger to dies because uh, we just keep reanimating it. That sounds lovely. And then I could. I would, have... I would need to find a legal representative though, because I do not trust myself to write any sort of consent form. I would just be like, "Can you sign here?" But I would probably forget to put why they need to sign here, and. Uh, I would get their consent for not exactly what they were thinking. Well, um, uh, Spencer, um, if I yeah. may call you Spencer. Please call me Spencer. Excellent. Spencer. Um, Mr. Hawkins, my father. <laughs> um, are there any other schools of magic that you dabble in? No, this is a... It, I would probably barely call this dabbling. With what I'm doing, just clicking rocks together. I'm not even sure how it works. I just know it does. I've not tested it out on inanimate objects. Perhaps there's some sort of experimentation I could do. Maybe I'll click it on like a candle or a book or like like a nice big plate. See if hmm. I can animate something that's never been animated. How would you feel about trying to reanimate an inanimate object right now? Like, I have this book here. Would you be able to reanimate it? Give it a go. Give it a go. Let's try. Let's try. Why not? Let's see what we can do. Well, right, she'll be right. See? All right. So we got to click it first. Mm -hmm. Oh, click them together. And now click on the book. And I guess we'll just assume this is just one piece. Just the whole thing is just one thing. So I'll click it, the rocks again. And... Oh, well. Oh, the my goodness. Are, the pages are fluttering. Oh, it's trying to fly. What? Oh, it's my like God, a big it is flying. In here. Oh, my goodness. I, my, this is much more interesting than a, a dead frog, I must say. No offense, but I've never seen a book fly before. Well, now it makes me wonder how long it's going to last. Can grab that book, please? Thank you. That, that was wild. That was, it was absolutely wild. Um, I've, I've been around this globe nigh on uh, 600 years. I will tell you, I have never seen 
a book be animated and flying like that? Now, the only question is, will it stick around or is it going to try to fly out the window? Oh, well. I'm wondering what life force is sustaining it. I have no idea. Maybe it's something about the tree it came from. Maybe because we're technically reanimating oh, the tree. Oh, maybe that's why. Oh, so if it's trying, to it's trying to live like a tree, maybe it's going to run out of water. I don't well, know how. I how water if the book? You might have to water the book or at least keep it in a, a humid climate. It is quite swampy up here. So it should it should be fine. Um, yeah. Ali, can you just put that book... I just thought of something rock, terrible. Please, thank you. I just thought of something a bit terrible. That book wasn't leather bound, was it? No, no. Oh, okay. No, faux, I... faux leather, faux leather, everything here. Because my concern is that if we animate uh, a leather bound book, oh. we'll be kind of animating a tree and a bit of a cow, and um, not really sure what kind of monstrosity that would be. Some sort of hybrid. That's kind of one of those things. I don't feel like I'm really power. I think that might be kind of self-preservation. I really don't know what kind of tree cow would attack me. I don't, I know cows are pretty big. I haven't, uh, I saw what it looked like when I only animated the front half of that one. And the thought of it being a bit of a tree as well was kind of scary. And uh, I don't think I want to deal with that. I, I would not either. Um, not at all. Well, um, I don't think we can top animating uh, an inanimate object through necromancy with um, my favorite Australian, um, Spencer Hawkins. So Spencer, um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, mate. Um, is there anything uh, you would wish to say to the world? I mean, hopefully they listen to this, this podcast, and uh know that I'm not as scary as my business card looks, that whether they think of me as a necromancer or a corpse reanimator, I'm just kind of a nice guy and just like making fun little critters run around. And if they're ghosts, they're ghosts. But uh, hopefully get calls to come back in some more shows like this one. But uh, oh, I will definitely have you back. That's I'll for sure. I'll bring some more critters for you and mm -hmm. uh, maybe you can meet some of Benefit's friends. Fantastic. I cannot wait to meet them. All right. With that, I think we're going to move on to... The gossip portion of the show. This one is quite shocking, I must warn, dear listener. After the holiday weekend, the notoriously hard-to-get unicorn bachelor, Bastion, was seen canoodling with a being in a very sweetly committed way. Fellow paranormal celebs will recall Bastion's bad boy behavior, her breaking hearts all over town, and never stepping out with the same mythological creature twice. He was even responsible for the fit thrown by a banshee that will remain nameless after not calling her back. So who has lassoed this wild-hearted horse with a pointy horn and even hornier tendencies? None other than one of Santa's own enchanted narwhals from the North Pole. A source close to the couple says that wedding bells may be in the offing. I wonder how they handle the two-horn thing. Well, I suppose that is a very rude and insensitive question to ask. I suppose not everything is my business. 
That's all for the show tonight. And remember, embrace the dark, the strange, and unusual. It just may embrace you back. Thanks to Rob Bachman for being our guest today. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram, I refuse to say X, at Glamdolph1, G-L-A-M-D-A-L-F-1. Please consider becoming a Patreon member, patreon.com slash thevampiretalkshow. This has been an Opus Knox Media production. Learn more at opusnoxmedia.com.